Welcome to the Mind to Muscle podcast, where we focus on exercising our minds and our muscles. I'm your host and sweaty mama, Jennifer Loganville, and my goal is to empower you to live each and every day stronger than yesterday. Being the strongest in the room isn't only about your physical fitness, but your confidence and mindset. Here, I'm your biggest cheerleader as we learn how important it is to put your mind to muscle even before picking up the weight. Otherwise, what are you doing? Grab your water and get set up. We're starting in three, two, one, let's go. What's up? Welcome back. Today, I feel like I need to talk about a subject that's been on my heart and pulling on my heartstrings a lot lately. And I'm specifically recording this episode talking to my members in JGFG. So we're going to go straight into it. And the topic today is building mental resilience. First, I have a quote that I want to read to you guys. And I think this is going to set the tone for the whole podcast today. Mental strength is not the ability to stay out of the darkness. It's the ability to sit present in the darkness knowing that the light will shine again. Wow. So good. I'm going to read it again. Mental strength is not the ability to stay out of the darkness. It's the ability to sit present in the darkness knowing that the light will shine again. I just got chills reading that. It is so true. When I talk about fitness as a whole in Jen's Get Fit Group and why being consistent is so important in our daily mind to muscle, daily five things that we do in the group, fitness and changing your body composition with my workouts is amazing. And it will happen if you are consistent. If you're consistently increasing your weight and following your macros, like all of that goodness around your body will happen. However, if you are only focusing on the physical changes, you're going to be lacking in the mental changes that come with it also. And that is the most important part, honestly, of the whole journey. Is Yes, it is so awesome to be able to see physical changes, feel better, have more energy, be in the best shape of your life. Like We all want those things, but the people who really need this transformation really want to make this a lifelong bettering journey, they're the ones who are working on their mental space, their emotional state, their spiritual And all of those things, if you can focus just a little bit of time every single day consistently on your mental, emotional, and spiritual self, as much as we want, it's hard to be like, yes, I've got time for all these things. But you do. Time and how you utilize it is a priority. Remember one of my podcasts, I said, switch the saying, I don't have time for that with it is not a priority for me. And it's so powerful and changes things so much whenever you say it's not a priority versus I don't have time. And just flipping those two lines will change your whole life. It's not a priority for me to do this today. What? Working on your mental health? It's not a priority for me to work out today. And some days maybe it's not. And that's okay. Maybe you have so much stuff going on. You've got, you're being a mom, you're being whatever it is you're doing in your life. And maybe working out isn't a priority, but you can't 
neglect yourself everywhere else. And you also have to realize that maybe because it's not a priority today, it needs to be your number one priority tomorrow. When you start working out for you instead of other people, completely changes your why. It completely changes your intentions and your purpose. So you need to start, and it feels selfish, I get it, as a woman, as a mom, it feels so selfish. But the minute you start working out for you instead of other people, your priorities change. Because you know that if you don't work out, and if you don't also make that mind-to-muscle connection by working out yourself emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. If you're not doing all of those things and making yourself a priority, how are you going to make your people a priority? How are you going to make your job a priority? You're not. You're going to lack and you're going to be unhappy and you're going to be miserable. So when you put yourself first in all of those categories, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and you prioritize those things for you, now everything else is better. Life is better. Life is easier. Then now you have this mental resilience to tackle anything that is thrown your way. And that is what I'm talking about today. We're building all of those amazing foundational building blocks of training your mind and your muscles to be able to handle all of life's challenges with grace and strength. That is the best way to approach it. Because we all need grace and strength to make it through the day every single day. Like right now, a lot of you have asked for me to show more behind the scenes and recorded versions of me recording the podcast. And that is really hard for me to do because a lot of times I'm sitting in my closet at 10 o'clock at night recording the podcast. Like, I'm not recording it in a pretty office. It's in my closet while I'm watching the baby monitor to make sure I don't need to hit pause and go adjust one of my kids. And so I'm like, everyone wants it. And it is hard for me to have this perfect scenario at all times and make the workouts look perfect and make my social media look perfect and make all of this perfect. And so finally, in the last couple months, I have let go and I've given myself grace and strength to let go of the perfect image that I feel this pressure of having. And so if that means that you guys want me to record myself so you can watch my podcast as well as listen And I'm in my closet and that is what it is. And I don't have the perfect setup. I just make it work. And that's okay. Because you know what? That is, life's not perfect. You just make the best of what you have. And that's what I'm doing. And so every, when I say every day is a learning curve, every day you're building and working on yourself in that mental resilience it looks different. Your best looks different every day. And that's the beauty of life and the grace and the strength. And so you just have to make sure that you're not neglecting yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup. It is not selfish to put yourself first. It is not selfish to work out to make yourself a priority. It's not selfish to take five minutes to read a book for five minutes, five pages. It's not selfish to do your daily devotional. 
Because once all of those things are done, you're now filling your cup up and you can pour better and deeper and more intentional to everyone else. And I am not perfect. I don't nail this every day. Like I said, my best looks different every day. Some days I'm crushing it. Some days I've got this beautiful backdrop behind me and these amazing podcasts that just flow so easy for me. And some days I sit for an hour trying to record a 30-minute podcast because I can't get my words right. And so your best looks different every day and that's okay. And that is what you have to do. We live a life, especially as women, just giving ourselves, we give others grace and strength, so let's give ourselves that exact amount that we give others. So I want to talk about five steps that I've kind of thrown together that I do that help with building mental resilience. You ready? First is mindfulness and quiet. So like I said in my beginning quote, If you can't sit in the darkness knowing that the light will shine again, you may not see that light. So be okay with sitting still. Here's my tips surrounding that. Engage in the present moment. Don't sit and dwell on the past or worry about the future. Stop right where you are and look around in your present moment of what you have. And when we can stop And intentionally, mindfully look at all of this greatness that we already have sitting in front of us, we can stop worrying about the next thing. We can stop worrying about the past. You can't change the past. What has happened, happened. How are you moving forward? That is what you need to. But focus on today, one day at a time. Tomorrow, worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And so stop. Enjoy the moment. Look at your kids. Look at your husband. Look at your people around you because they may not be here tomorrow. You may not be here tomorrow. Live for today, not for tomorrow. And when I started doing that this summer through my 12 week challenge, my life changed. I put my phone down when my kids say, Hey, mom, can you come here? I always was like, Yeah, one second, let me finish this thing. I stop the doing the dishes and I go see what they need because I would expect them to stop doing what they are doing and come and see what I need. Hey, Reed, come here. And if, if he were to tell me one second, let me finish this. I'd be like, come on, Reed. I told you to come here. Like total mom move, right? And so I'm like, why do I not offer my kids this grace that they offer me? And so it was back in May when I changed this scenario and I, it's been life changing for me. I will literally stop doing the dishes because they may not ask me to carry them up the stairs or Reed may not be afraid to go upstairs and get socks next week. And I missed my opportunity for his trust and his protection in that moment. And there are still moments where I'm doing something that I literally can't walk away from. And I'm like, hold on, please, one minute, let me finish this. And my kids are so amazing and patient with me. And I thank God for them every single day. But try it. Just try changing that one thing where you're like, yep, one minute. Or if my kids start talking to me, 
if I have my phone that I'm looking at my phone or doing something on my phone, the minute they're like, hey, mom, and they start communicating to me, I put my phone down because whatever's on that phone can wait. I promise you. And then I have my, un- they have my undivided attention because again, if they're on a device and I say, hey, Addie, I expect her undivided attention. So give your kids that same attention that you expect from them and it has changed their behavior it has changed my perspective completely as a mom and it's hard it takes a lot of work and intentional mindfulness to be able to do that it is not easy there are moments when I want to be like just wait one second but it has changed me in a way that I never expected and it's wild and it may not work for you and that's okay but just find something in a way small like I just said it's a small change that you can do maybe like sit and evaluate like what's something you always tell your kids or ask your kids like I ask my kids what's something that I do that really kind of bothers you guys and they're like well you you always make us wait or you you don't go get my socks for me but you ask me to do a favor for you and I go do it and that was like a biggest mom slap in the face for me and I was like oh okay wake up call Jen because now my kids are old enough to realize that they do me favors now I am not returning the favor and it's small simple stuff like can mom can you go upstairs and get my socks no Reed you can go get your socks but when I'm like hey Reed can you go get me a tissue for Ava he does it and doesn't say a word he puts what he's down doing like I just talked to one of my friends about this and she gave me that exact scenario and then it happened to me almost immediately like hey Reed can you go get Ava a tissue she sneezed he stops what he's doing and he goes and gets it and then he said hey mom the next day mom can you go upstairs and get my socks no Reed you can go get your socks and I stopped in my tracks and I was like yes Reed I will go get your socks and I went and did it for him and he was like thank you so much and those are the moments that they will always remember And it's like, not only that, but be mindful. When you're in the room with your significant other, if you feel a disconnect with them, that is likely it's from both parties, talk to your partner and put your phones down. Like that is the number one disconnect. Like if you're, you got the kids asleep, you're both just sitting on your phone scrolling, stop it. It is so easy to do. I get it. We've been there, done that. Put the devices down and communicate. That is your chance. That is your opportunity to communicate and bond and connect. Do something. Play a board game. Shake it up. Surprise them. Go grab the Uno cards and be like, let's play Uno. Might be 11 o'clock at night, but let's play Uno. You'll be like, what? And then you, it, you just open this door to something that is different, mindful, intentional. Sit together without your phones during dinner. When Johnny and I go out to eat, unless it is a work meeting, we do not have our phones. We They are put away, not even on the table. They are in a purse, put away in his pocket, put away. We don't look at it till we get up and we connect. We talk. And sometimes I'll even write like five things down that I want to talk about during that dinner because maybe I'll forget. And like I go and I treat it like I'm dating my boyfriend. And that is when you get that intentional spark back. Date each other. You can be married and date each other. And we have done that in the last year. And our marriage is better now than it has ever been. Because we started dating each other again. Complimenting each other. Figure out each other's love language. And 
pour into that. You typically pour into what your love language is, like mine's acts of service or gifts. And so I will buy Johnny stuff because I love you here because that's what I thought love looked like. And his is not that. His is, it's hard for me. His is physical touch. And so now just a simple gesture of driving in the car and me grabbing his hand and holding his hand, he looks at me like with these big sparkly eyes, like, what's up, babe? And he's not great, was not great at giving. Um, I also, mine's like words of affirmation. And he was, he's just not great at the communication skill. He's been working on it for the past two years. He's getting better. And he missed the opportunities because I'd be like, do you love me? Do I look pretty today? And he's like, yeah, you, I wouldn't married you if you didn't. And I'm like, but sometimes it's nice to hear it. And then I'm like, he's missing it. So I just need to tell him because if he's always missing that opportunity, then I'm always going to be frustrated with him that he's not offering me what I need to feel loved. And so I'm like, Johnny, my love language are words of affirmation. And I need you to give me those because it makes me feel good. It reminds me that you love me. And so um, that is why having that conversation is super important because he would have never known. And in the last three months, two to three months, he has been offering me words of affirmation and it just makes me so happy. And it's genuine. It's not every day. It's a true thought. And I'm like, if you do you think these things like, wow, you look really pretty today. He's like, well, yeah. Well, just say it to me because I need to hear those things. And who doesn't want to hear those things? I tell you all the time, you look so handsome. You look so nice. I need you to, to say those to me. He's like, ah, makes sense. But he's the first person to walk up to me, put his hand on my shoulder when we're driving. He'll rub my arm because that's his. Like I just said, you tend to do what your love language is. And mine's not the physical touch. I love it. But it's not like the hug, huggy squeezy thing. Like that's not what speaks to my love language. And so you just need to communicate that. And I think there's like love language tests if you don't know what yours is. But it's really interesting. And I strongly advise you to take the test, communicate it with your partner, have them take it. So you can start dating each other again, making those intentional connections. I just got way off topic. And now I'm going to bring it back in. So start with five minutes a day and be mindful of five minutes a day. I'm going to work on this. Five minutes of my day, I'm going to do this. You have to be mindful setting these intentional plans and thoughts. Be mindful. Ask your kids. Let them communicate. You have someone's childhood in your hands. You are in charge of your kid's childhood. They're going to carry that with them for the rest of their lives. Make it the best childhood that you could ever give them. And that doesn't mean by taking them on all these trips and all these gifts and all. No, that you can't find happiness in things. You can find happiness in love and intentional time together and the way you treat people, that's where you find happiness. And and that is so powerful. So number two, I'm bringing it back in, is 
journaling, self-reflection, two of my favorite things to do. I've always been able to write my thoughts down very, very well. I love to journal. And it doesn't have to be where you write two or three pages every single day. I'm just mostly talking about if you're in my group, which everyone usually listening is, it's the mind to muscle daily five is kind of what I'm sharing here. Write your feelings down, write your worries, write your victories, put them on paper, allows you clarity. It allows you to go back in a week and maybe you were so frustrated at somebody and you were just so mad and in the moment. And remember a couple podcasts ago, I said, do not react. You need to pause, you need to feel, and then you need to be proactive. That is so important. And so writing something down, and maybe that moment felt like such a big deal for you. In a week from now, when you're not in the emotional state of whatever it was that made you mad or upset or frustrated you, you can think back on that and you're like, okay, how did I navigate through that? What can I do better next time? I love to write down little sayings every day in my journal. Maybe it's a hit or miss. I need to be better. I journal about four days out of the seven. And when I remember to do it, it's whenever I have it on the counter so I can see it. And I'm like, yes, I need to do that. I like to do it in the morning and I write down things that I'm grateful for. And then I wrap it up at the end of the night. When my kids are getting ready for bedtime, I write a little segment from each of them. What did Addie do? What did we do? What did Ava do? And I just write little sayings that they said, little quotes, maybe mispronunciations, things that Ava did. So I can remember them because you're like, ooh, I want to remember you doing or saying this forever, but you're not going to because life is so intense and so busy. Write it down. It literally changes your life by writing pen to paper. And this is a quote around that. Keeping a journal of what's going on in your life is a good way to help you distill what is important and what is not. And wow, that's so amazing. So amazing. And again, go back and reflect on a few pages once a month, like of last month. It's amazing to do it. Number three, embrace vulnerability. And it is so hard to do this. It is so, so hard to be vulnerable. It is not my strong suit. I am a Enneagram 3 and equally an Enneagram 6. And being vulnerable is not easy for me. And honestly, I see vulnerability almost as like uncomfortable, a flaw. And so I've been working on being vulnerable a little bit more and a little better. And how I've been doing that, I have a life coach and and I've had her for about six to eight months now and that was very hard for me. Our first conversation over the phone, she just wanted to like me to explain my life to her and da 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 and she offers me advice from an unbiased opinion on business, on person, like all the things and I love it and I was like, I had this thought around it. And it was really hard for me to schedule this and set this up, but I kept seeing signs and hearing signs from God that I needed this person. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And then finally, I just saw this ad for, and I just did it. And it's been life-changing for me. And that's really a vulnerability for me that I even shared that. I've talked about it briefly in the past of like a life coach. And I highly suggest everyone like finding someone 
maybe it's a friend, maybe it is, maybe it's a therapist, maybe it's a life coach, maybe it's just, it's somebody. Your best friend can be your therapist too, but they're likely biased to you. And so I love that this person puts things in a perspective that I don't think about and very unbiased to me. And sometimes it's really hard to hear the unbiased opinion because you always want them to be in your side and in your favor. And when they're not, because they're just offering this neutral advice, that puts me in a vulnerable state and I love it. And I've grown so much in the last eight months knowing that being vulnerable is okay. It's what makes us human. It's how we have better connections with our people. And I will say since having this life coach in the last eight months, my connections with Johnny, my kids, my parents, my friends of my tight circle have become so deep and real and rich and authentic and amazing. And I love it. And it's been life-changing. Highly suggest finding somebody like that that works for you in your life. And just even if you can't find someone, just being vulnerable, pick one person you trust and be vulnerable with them and share your emotions and reach out to them and have somebody that you can pick up the phone and call on a hard day. And they're going to give you true advice and help in a reasonable way. This episode is sponsored by Top Notch Athletics. We customize tailored clothing for those that are here to get things done. We design clothes for those that never settle. The peak performers, the ones that never sell themselves short of the best. The high risers, those that never quit. The strongest in the room. Step into these clothes and your mindset shifts. You become top notch. Check out tnclothing.com to become your top notch self. So number four for me is continuous learning. Always be a student. Always be a learner. One of my nursing instructors told me the minute you think you know it all, you're the dumbest person in the room. And I was like, wow, that's so true. So never pretend like you know it all. I don't know everything. I am constantly taking further education courses for personal training, for nutritionists, for macros. I just completed one and I'm now quote unquote an elite personal trainer is what I what I am and a macro expert. And so while I don't think that I am this elite or expert, I don't even want those like associated with my name because I feel far from. I just feel like I can learn so much more. I'm always digging. I'm always looking up. I'm always reading. I'm always wanting more because everything in life is so ever-changing. Always be a learner. Always continue and embrace the challenges and learn from your own failures and be vulnerable and learn from your failures. Like that's a big one. See lessons in front of you that maybe feel like setbacks. Maybe you failed at your macros in your mind. Nope, you didn't. It's just a speed bump. It's just a setback. It's a learning experience. Next time, you're going to be better. Tomorrow, you're going to be better. Maybe you didn't do the workout for two weeks because you were sick or life or hectic schedules, whatever. That is not a failure. That's okay. You know what's a failure? It's when you quit completely. That's whenever you have failed. Now you can, it's a speed bump. It's a season of life. I'm going to start again tomorrow. And you actually have to follow it. You have to, if you're making these promises to yourself, you have to pull through. You have to follow through. Because if you break promises to yourself, it's going to be so easy for you to break promises to other people. 
it it ties in with the self-respect. If you don't respect yourself enough to keep a promise that you have made to yourself, how are you going to allow others to treat you with respect and have your trust to hold promises? Like I said earlier in this podcast, you have to push through the uncomfortableness and you have to make yourself the priority. You have to make yourself the why that you show up every single day. And I promise you, when you make you the priority and the why, life changes in the best way possible. And not in a conceited way, in a I matter too way. And you do. And so number five is positive affirmations. Be intentional. Tell yourself empowering statements every day. Shape your reality with your thoughts. It's so easy to talk negatively to yourself. You have to talk to yourself like you would talk to someone else that you love. Again, goes back to my my self-respect podcast. If you are treating yourself in a negative way and talking negatively to yourself, it is easy for you to accept that kind of conversation, that sort of treatment from other people. If you love yourself, you set a standard to how others are going to treat you and you will not settle for less. And there's so many women who have been put down, talked down to for years and years and years by somebody in your life. And if that is you, today is the day where you in that and you take the power of self-respect and self-love, positive affirmations, you're the strongest person in the room and you will not accept anything except for respect. And that's how you're going to do it. It doesn't have to be this giant learning curve of like, okay, in two or three weeks and I'm going to start doing this. No, today is the day where you now love yourself. You talk nicely to yourself. You look in the mirror and you say, I am strong and powerful and worthy and I can do anything that I set my mind to and I will accept nothing other than people to treat me that way. And that's not conceited. That's not being boastful. That's not anything negative other than setting boundaries, healthy boundaries. You have to have healthy boundaries to everyone around you, every single person. You have to have it. If not, you will be trampled on your whole life. People will think that they can talk to you and say whatever they want to you. Healthy boundaries is the key. And be nice to yourself. Because you hear your voice more than you hear anyone else's. So if you're constantly saying you're ugly, you're fat, you're worthless, you're shameful, all these things, you're going to start thinking that. Instead, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm beautiful, I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm the strongest in the room, I'm capable, I'm successful. You focus on the things that you already have. Focus on today and your life will change. Write down, journal, write down the amazing things that you have right now. Your five daily gratitudes. Be intentional with everything that you do. It is so easy to get lost in the chaos of the world and the life and the shuffle. Be intentional. The minute you lose your intentional thoughts on your fitness, your water, your food, your vitamins, your self-positivity and affirmations, your gratitude, the minute you lose that intention, 
life feels hectic. You feel like you are stuck in this whirlwind of a tornado and everything's going around you and you lose that sparkle. Set intentions, five of them. Be intentional. How are you going to take on the day? What are you going to do? Write it all down. It's the beauty of pen to paper. You can make it as crazy, lengthy, short, and straight, sweet to the point. Like tomorrow, what are my five goals? Macros, workout, water, vitamins, and gratitude. Always gratitude. And one chore. I do a chore a day. Something small. Sometimes I do four or five chores a day. But minimally, I do one chore a day. And it makes my life much easier. I keep things nice and neat and tidy. Because the way you live your life in what environment you're living in reflects to what your mind environment is like. So if you are living in clutter, in chaos, in dirtiness, is likely that is how your mind feels. So start cleaning up. You don't have to do a complete makeover in one day or one week. Every day, pick a chore, pick a declutter area, throw away, get rid of, donate, whatever it looks like, and you will feel so much better. When I feel overwhelmed or anxious or like I don't have control on something because I like having a control on certain things and they're just things that you don't, you can't control. God has greater power of you and there's just things that are out of your control. When I feel frazzled by that, I go and I like detox my closet and I start purging a donation pile or I go through my kids' toys And you know what? I have simplified our life. I simplified home decor. I simplified my kids' bedroom decor, simplified their toys. We have a less is more approach at our house. And my kids' behavior, they feel like they can sit still a little more. And I don't do clutter very well. I just don't like it. And so my countertops are very clean and clear and I don't have things on it. And I notice, you know, through the week, if our week is crazy busy and then papers get thrown on the the counter and things just start building, my kid's behavior kind of bounces off of that. The minute I stay up late and I clean up and I tidy and I declutter and de-cleanse and all these things, they wake up and they are a little bit easier and they feel less chaotic. So I encourage you to take a look in your environment and declutter. It makes your well-being much better. And so now I'm going to dive into the science of how regular exercise releases the happy chemicals like endorphins, serotonin, dopamine into your body. And that is literally how you're making that mind to muscle connection. And whenever you're physically working your body, mentally, that connection happens. And so the role of a good night's sleep in the emotional stability, rejuvenating the mind is crucial and how are you resting and actually recovering and rejuvenating by sleeping you have to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night and right now I'm not in that state in that season of life because I have a one-year-old and she likes to wake up and get her mommy milk and right now some days it's harder than others and some days minimally non-negotiable I get six hours of sleep and sometimes it's broken up sometimes it's full it just depends it's Ava's world I just live in it. And so, but it's a temporary season. But if you're 
if you don't have kids in this season and if you're not maximizing your sleep, then you're you're cheating yourself. So focus on sleep. It's going to be so, so, so important to everything in life. Everything. So now we're going to dive into the science of the happy chemicals. So first, endorphins. What are they? They are peptides that act on opiate receptors in our brain, and they're going to help reduce pain, boost pleasure, making you feel like a happier well-being. Okay, so how does exercise and endorphins go hand in hand? Well, when you are doing anything, physical activity, you especially like intense hit days, like when we're hitting hard, the stronger week, the power week, your body responds to physical stress by producing the release of endorphins. So like whenever you hear people talk about like that runner's high, oh, it's after the third mile or the fifth mile or whatever. I get that same experience when I'm lifting heavier, when I am in the moment, when I am just embracing this really hard workout where now I'm like, it's, I'm past that mental talking myself out of like, oh my gosh, this is hard. Take a rest. You can talk yourself out of a workout. You really can. You can make the workout much harder than it is by your mind. And so I get this workout high. And that's what I'm talking about by these endorphins. And it reduces the pain and it just puts you on this like cloud nine. So this release can help decrease like the sensation of pain. It gives you like a euphoric feeling. And on my nursing side, like that is what some people go after on more of the opioid side. Like it gives them this sensation of this euphoria. And for me that is working out. It's so good. I love it. It's the runner's high. It's that workout high. That is like you feel like a million bucks when you're done working out. And those are those endorphins. When I say motivation comes after movement, that's because those endorphins are now released in your body. And you're like, I can take on anything. I can do anything. This world is in my hands. Those are the endorphins. Now you have serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that contributes to a lot of functions in your body. It's like mood regulation, sleep, cognitive functions like memory, how you're learning, appetite, all of those things, okay? Appetite, keep that in mind. It's a big one. So how do exercise and serotonin go hand in hand? When you're consistently working out, you're elevating an amino acid that's kind of like a precursor to the serotonin. And it's all in your brain. So whenever you're exercising, your levels rise in your blood and it leads to this increased serotonin production. And so when you have elevated levels of serotonin, it can boost your mood and make you feel happy and feeling of just like this great overall state. And... That is like the happiness that you get post-workout. So you're feeling all of these chemical complexes in your brain of this endorphin release. Now you're this higher serotonin. That is why you feel so good post-workout, during your workouts. And so when you're there's a deficiency in serotonin, that's when it's linked with things like anxiety, depression, things like that. And a lot of like those antidepressants work by increasing those levels. And again, there's so many factors that go into it, mechanical, chemical, 
DNA, all the things that go into how your body is getting serotonin levels, if you have high, low, whatever it is. There's so much more, but working out is medicine. Movement is medicine because you are increasing those serotonin levels naturally. That is why I've had so many people who's like, I traded my antidepressants for my workouts with Jen's Get Fit Group and I couldn't feel better. And it's amazing. Like that makes me dance and happy scream from the rooftops more than anything whenever people send me those positive non-scale victories like that. So the last one I talk about is dopamine. What is it? It's a neurotransmitter that plays a key role on feeling pleasure. So a lot, it's a, it's crucial for your daily behaviors. It's crucial for how you're functioning daily. From feeling motivated all the way down to feeling happy and pleasure and all of these great things. And so how does physical activity and working out play a role with dopamine? Well, it's a boost during and after a workout. And so this is whenever I tell you, do not be a victim to that watch of saying, you burned 350 calories, great workout. No, take the watch off, get rid of it, doesn't matter. That does not get to give you your dopamine dump. Like, dump it in the trash because that does not tell you if you had a good workout or a bad workout. Stop being a slave to the scale and to your watch because that doesn't gauge how good it was. Your dopamine dump is not on your watch. It is on how you feel. How did you, what do you take away from that workout? Was that a good workout? Do you feel happy? Do you feel like energized? Do you feel that workout high? All of those things are a bigger factor than what that watch says or what this scale says. Really quick to note, like dopamine levels tend to decrease with age and lower levels of dopamine are linked with feelings of like low motivation, symptoms of depression, lack of interest in life, things like that. That's whenever you have a low dopamine. And so simple way to try to increase it, lift your weights, press play, do the workout. I realize it is so hard to do that some days. It is hard for me too. But once you press play, just remember, motivation comes after movement. Movement is medicine. So if you are having low dopamine, low serotonin, these low endorphins, they will naturally increase. Your body is made to self-heal. Your body is made to move. Your body is made to have more protein consumed than anything else. When you are feeding it all of these things and doing all this goodness to your body, your levels, your chemical balance feels better. And that is how scientifically you are making yourself better in the mind to muscle connection. By working your muscles, you are chemically improving your mind. And that itself should be motivation for you to get up and press play. Who wouldn't want those positive things to happen to you by just pressing play, by just going on a walk or just doing your 30-minute workout. And if you're doing it consistently, that's when you're going to see the changes, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So now I wrapped it all up. How you can be better 
and how you can be building this mental resilience. It is the five key factors that I did. Mindfulness, being okay with sitting in the stillness rather than constantly being on your phone. Journal, self-reflect, be vulnerable with your people, embracing vulnerability, continuous learning, always be open-minded to learn new things, positive affirmation, self-love, self-respect, being consistent. You have to work on yourself. You have to make yourself a priority. And when you do, your life will change. It's not just about a strong body and a the beautiful muscles that come with being consistent in your macros. It is about being balanced as a whole. So you can tackle everything that life throws at you. If you just tackled that really, really, really hard workout, tomorrow's workout is going to feel better and easier because you already did the hard stuff. So when life throws something really hard your way, maybe a job loss, job change, friendship loss, something is thrown your way, you now have the mental resilience and strength and you know the keys to be able to get through it and get past it and become stronger on the other side. The more you live, the stronger you become. The more you work on your mental, emotional, and spiritual self, the stronger you become. That is why I named my podcast Mind to Muscle. It all goes hand in hand. I want you to work on this every single day. You can't make a quick fix. It is not something that will just happen. Consistency is key on the mental, emotional, and especially the physical side. I love you. You are strong. You are powerful. You are worthy. Thanks for listening. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mind to Muscle. If you'd like to tune into future episodes, don't forget to follow me on your preferred listening platform. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure and leave a review. I really appreciate those. Don't forget you are strong, you are powerful, you are worthy, and you can do hard things. I love you guys. Bye.